0: Every word, every story in the Bible is there for a reason. And today we're going to study a story in Scripture through which God wants to deliver a personal message to me, to you. And it starts with the story of Joash. Uh, His story appears in two Old Testament books, uh, 2 Kings chapter 12 and 2 Chronicles chapter 24. We'll be concentrating on the 2 Chronicles chapter 24 account. And so you may want to turn there if you'd like to follow along while I give you the backstory. Joash was born in a very violent time among God's people. His father King Azariah uh, was killed by Joash's grandmother when Joash was just a few months old. Uh, This evil grandma wanted the kingdom so much that she murdered Joash's entire family and she would have murdered little seven month old Joash too but Joash's uncle secreted him away and hid him in a place where Joash's grandmother would never find him. Because Uncle Jehoiada, that's Joash's uncle, was the high priest. And so he took little Joash and hid him in God's house, a place where an evil grandma Never goes. And, uh, and so uh, Joash's uncle, Jehoiada, arranged this. And so for six years of Joash's life, he was in the temple. He had a six-year sleepover at God's house. Can you imagine what this was like? How he was able to play and run and read and learn and eat and and, and sleep right in God's presence, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And Joash's unusual childhood then got even more unusual because eventually the evil grandma died and Joash became king in Jerusalem at the age of seven years old. And even though Joash became king, his uncle Jehoiada uh, was really the one who made the decisions. But as Joash grew to be a young man, uh, he took control of uh, the leadership of the kingdom and Jehoiada became his most trusted advisor, and together they made a dynamic duo, a wonderful father-adopted-son duo, and uh, King Joash did what was right in God's eyes, and God showered his love on this king, this boy, who grew up after growing up in God's own house, but... Then when Joash was in his early 40s, he hit a wall in his relationship with God. Scripture implies that within one year of a single event in Joash's life, Joash went from doing what was right in God's eyes to being what the Bible describes as wicked. Joash went from presiding over prosperity to humiliating capture and defeat from outside enemies upon his kingdom. Joash went from a life of blessing to himself being executed in humiliating circumstances. And all this happened in the course of one year. And you say, what was this event that changed everything, that changed Joash? Well, that's where we get to 2 Chronicles 24, verse 17. After the death of Uncle Jehoiada, the officials of Judah came and paid homage to King Joash, and he listened to them. Then Joash and his advisors abandoned the temple of the Lord, the God of their fathers, and worshiped Asherah poles and idols. Because of this, God's anger came upon Judah and Jerusalem. So scripture indicates that the turning point in Joash's life where he hit the wall in his relationship with with God was the day Jehoiada died. Jehoiada, Joash's adopted father, his spiritual mentor, the Bible says that when he died, Joash quit. Joash quit seeking God. Joash quit living for God. Joash quit following God. What happened to Joash when Jehoiada died? I mean, maybe it's just that Joash grew bitter and angry against God. That happens to some people, you know, when they lose someone uh, that they really loved. Or, Or maybe Joash just lost focus because he doesn't have his spiritual mentor around him, and he just drifted away from God. All that we are told is that Joash quit on his relationship with God. The man who grew up in God's house. This man who had a great spiritual mentor. This man who had the experience of God's blessing. This man who started so well, just quit. When you read the scriptural accounts, you see how in love, God went to extremes to try to call Joash back in his love. God would send messengers to Joash saying, please come back, Joash. Please, I love you. Would you just return to me? But not only did Joash reject God's word, Joash even started killing God's messengers as they came to him with this word of love. And scripture tells us that when Joash quit on God, his life went into a crash and burn. This man who started so well ended his life as such a failure that the Bible says Joash was given a dishonorable burial, which is Bible lingo for this guy wasted his life and everybody knew it. God wants to use Joash's story to remind me that when it comes to my relationship with God, the line between success and failure is a finish line. And that I must beware the temptation to give up in some subtle or dramatic ways on my relationship with God and fail by falling short, by finishing short of the finish line. You know, the Apostle Paul had a favorite metaphor for uh, the life of a Christ follower. It was the marathon race, but it was an unusual race in this metaphor because whereas most marathon races, only a few people get awards, the Apostle Paul describes following Christ as a race where everyone who reaches the finish line gets a prize. The only way to lose this race is to quit. The only way to lose this race of a Christ follower is to finish before you've reached the finish line. And speaking of his own life, the Apostle Paul says this in Acts chapter 20, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Paul lived the secret of a God-pleasing life. Success in God's eyes is refusing to quit Until I complete the journey the Lord Jesus has given me and cross the finish line into his arms. And there are people listening to me right now who are pulling a Joash. Just like Joash, you have finished short of the finish line. Or you're in the process of giving up in some significant ways in your relationship with God. Maybe it's because like Joash, you've had some kind of crisis or a series of disappointments and maybe you're angry with God. Or maybe it's not a negative relationship with God. It's just a lack of positive in your relationship with God. And you've just started slowly drifting away from a closeness in a relationship with God. Whatever it is, God impressed on me the need to share This story of Joash with you. The message today is wherever you are in following Jesus, don't give up, don't quit, don't finish short of the finish line. But let's get practical, all right? Uh, Let me suggest uh, some areas where some of us are pulling a Joash. And although I'm doing this, I'm doing this with some trepidation, because you see, I read the story, and I know what happens to God's messengers who are sent to (laughs) Joash's. But the truth is, I'm safe, because you know what? I am a Joash. I mean, my parents are still upset about the fact that I quit Cub Scouts a week after they bought me the uniform, (laughs) and uh, I quit hockey a week after they bought all the hockey clothes. I quit alpine skiing, a week after they bought me all the ski outfits. So you can imagine how nervous my parents were when, uh, when they found out that uh, the only, that, that all the clothes I was wearing at my wedding were all one-day rentals. <laughs> uh, but uh, 25 years, <laughs> going strong. because I paid for that rental, (laughs) All right, the truth truth here apply to all of us. I'm a Joash, you're a Joash, and I need to ask myself the question, am I finishing short of the finish line? One area, how about in my vocation? When Joash quit on his relationship with God, he was quitting on... This most important part of his job, of his career. Joash understood that when God called him to be a king, God was calling him to a career of blessing people on the job. But Joash quit this Labor Day weekend. It's a good time for him to think about my job. If you're a Christ follower, my guess is that you started your job hoping to make an impact of blessing on your clients and a positive influence on your coworkers. But now, your job is just a paycheck. And in the process, you've quit the most important part of your job. Or maybe you're a student and God wants you to be a friend to the one who is bullied, wants you to be that one who loves the unloved, the one who walks the halls of your school like Jesus. But you've quit on that early in the school year, but already uh, you're focused on trying to fit in with the crowd by doing things that are a little cruel to be funny or a little questionable to be cool. The Apostle Paul ran the marathon of life to please God and writes in Colossians chapter three, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are working for. So I uh, spoke to two guys recently. Interestingly, they're both involved in the same business one of them complained about his job whined about his coworkers showed absolutely no fulfillment in his job. The other man told me story after story about his work, about how he has invited his coworker here to church, how he's been meeting with a guy over lunch so that he can help him navigate through some difficult parenting issues and how he's been able to share Jesus with him. He talked about how he's gathering his coworkers for a Bible study and how they're praying together and seeing God work in their other coworkers. What's the difference between these two guys? One is working for God. The other one quit. Still is a job, but it is quit working for God. This weekend is a good time to think about my vocation. Whatever I do, I am called to do it with all my heart as working for Jesus So I need to ask myself, am I working for Jesus with all my heart or am I in the process of pulling a Joash on the job? Next, I also need to examine whether I am pulling a Joash with my vows. You know, there is someone listening to me right now who has been struggling to stay in a marriage. But you, you're ready to call it quits. But God's saying something to you right now. He's saying to you, you're not finished yet. God is calling you to keep trying to reach your spouse with the love and forgiveness that you receive from God himself. Or maybe you're not heading toward a divorce, but you're not heading toward joy in your marriage either. You're stuck in a marital survival mode because you gave up on the adventure of sharing your life in deeper and deeper ways with with your spouse when you got married. You made a vow before God and that vow was so much more than just a promise to stay together. Now, God wants you to return to your vow to run the race arm in arm with your spouse toward the goal of maximum joy and not settling for second or third best. Next, I also need to examine whether I'm pulling a Joash with my valuables. God entrusts me with valuables that he wants me to invest with him in mind. God calls me to give generously of my income to his work in the church. God calls me to serve in the church with the valuables of the spirit that he calls spiritual gifts. God calls me to use my time wisely and not fritter it away. Some of us here are like Joash, You grew up in God's house. You grew up in God's house. You know that there is joy in giving generously to God's work. You know that there is fulfillment in using your gifts to serve God. But somewhere along the line, you quit. But God tells you, on this side of the finish line, it's too soon to quit. Finally, and most importantly, I must examine whether I'm pulling a Joash in my vertical relationship. God wants A deeper friendship with me. God's not satisfied with just the same old, same old. He wants to grow in my friendship with Him. And so that requires me to put in some effort to spend some time with Him, speaking with Him throughout the day, and then taking some time to listen to Him by just maybe a few words from His word in Scripture. But some of us have given up. We're not at the finish line, but we're finished with the struggle of prayer. We're finished trying to read the Bible. But God says, don't quit. Don't give up on your part in growing our friendship. But now, you know, we need to fast forward. We need to fast forward some years past Joash, to consider a second king that the Bible tells us about. Second Chronicles chapter 33 describes King Manasseh as the worst king God's people ever had. This king worshiped every god and goddess that came down the turnpike. King Manasseh even sacrificed some of his own children to a false god named Baal. Just like he did for Joash, God used various means to reach out to King Manasseh, but he would have none of it until until the bloodthirsty Assyrians came and ransacked Jerusalem and captured King Manasseh as their war trophy. 2 Chronicles chapter 33 tells us that uh, the Assyrians put a hook through King Manasseh's nose and led Manasseh to Babylon like a fish on the line. But listen to this. When King Manasseh was locked up as a prisoner of war, he turned to God, he asked God for forgiveness, he asked God for uh, another opportunity, and he gave his life to God and pleaded for a miracle, and God answered his prayer. God miraculously not only set King Manasseh free, but actually miraculously put King Manasseh back on the throne of uh, over God's people. And then we're told in 2 Chronicles chapter 33 in his distress Manasseh sought the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and when he prayed the Lord was moved by his entreaty and listened to his plea and the rest of Manasseh's story is the exciting tale of how God forgave Manasseh how God uh, and Manasseh did wonderful things together. How Manasseh ended his life with a red hot passion for the things of God and how he was dedicated to being a blessing uh, to others and how God smiled on Manasseh every day until the finish line. This man who started as such a spiritual failure spent the last years of his life as a roaring success in God's eyes. And if I've never had a close relationship with God, or if I have drifted from a close relationship with God, God is also speaking to me through the story of King Manasseh. God wants to tell me that it doesn't matter how far I am or I feel like I am today, it's not too late to be a success in God's eyes. If I've lost focus on pleasing God with my vocation, my vows, my valuables, or my vertical relationship, it's not too late for me to finish strong Manasseh proves that it's always too early to quit on my relationship with God because it's never, never too late to come back to God. Manasseh was a spectacular failure, but he didn't let his guilt before God keep him from coming back to God. But there are people sitting here today, you've failed much less than Manasseh, but yet, You have guilt feelings that cause you to just give up on your relationship with God. I feel guilty because I don't pray enough. I feel guilty because I don't love enough. I don't share my faith with other people enough. I don't read the Bible enough. I don't do anything enough. And these guilt feelings always will make me want to give up. But Jesus came to save me to save me from all that guilt and give me a never-ending forgiveness that comes in wave after wave after wave in a never-ending flow so that every moment I have a fresh start in my relationship with God. God calls me in this way through his word. He says in Hebrews chapter 12, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes, not on my guilt, not on myself. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the what? The finisher of our faith. In the race of life, God is for me and not against me. God knows that I'm weak and that's why he came in Jesus. In Jesus, he forgives me over and over without end. But not only is Jesus the forgiver, he's also the finisher. When I follow Jesus, he not only forgives me, he empowers me. Jesus is a coach who not only patches me up when I fall on the race, but he puts his arm around me and he empowers me to finish the race if I'll let him fill me with his spirit. Have you allowed your guilt feelings to keep you from running the race? God has a message for you in Manasseh's story. God's saying, don't let the failures of yesterday keep us apart today. With me, there is always a new beginning, a fresh start and finishing power through my indwelling spirit. So don't quit. Right now, Jesus is speaking to you. Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. And right now, Jesus puts his arm around you and he's speaking to you about some areas where you must never get up. He's speaking to you about areas where you need to to get up from from the floor and you need to get back on the track. He's saying never give up. Just like a loving coach, Jesus puts his arm around you and whispers something very important about your one and only life. Jesus says, with me, you can do it. And someday you will fall into my arms at the finish line. And I'll usher you into a celebration that will never be finished.